So you want to hear something crazy? <clears throat> okay, so at 17 years old, I'm just a dude. I graduated. I'm AJ, by the way. I graduated from Norwood, Norfolk, and have some friends actually have come uh, back. And uh, this is about a couple miles down the road. I didn't know anything about Jesus. I didn't even know who he was when I was 17. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, somebody told me, and they said, hey, this uh, God is not what you think, this far-off creature that's indifferent to the world, and you can actually know him personally. Well, long story short... Here I am, 38 years old, sitting there yesterday. I wanted to mow the lawn. We're doing some, obviously, you may have seen some renovations around the church and stuff, and I'm busy, busy, busy. So I sit down, and I'm like, okay, God, now, <laughs> can you talk, now, can you talk to me about what we're going to talk about tomorrow? In fact, that's why I wasn't able to go to the reunion, like I said. And so I have this awesome message about wisdom that I'm sitting there next to my best pal in the whole world and God's like, yeah, that's not what you're going to talk about today. And I'm like, oh, come on. So I have this message, Kirk. We're not doing it. You know what we're going to do instead? Give me my first slide. I'll show you. We're going to take a look through. I do this annually. We're going to look through one of the most beloved Psalms. Yeah, and songs. Psalms in the, uh, in the Bible. And we're going to learn something. We're going to learn a ton of different things. We're going to look just through Psalm 23, which you cannot exhaust. Does anybody know what Psalms are? They're songs, poems, that sort of stuff, right? I don't know why, but God wants us to, to, to walk through this today. Because you know what? Actually, I'll, I'll give you an idea. Being that I, that I didn't grow up in church or anything like this, I understand that most of us have preconceptions about God that are absolutely inaccurate. Yeah. And then you get in these religious systems that beat the snot out of you for this, that, and the other thing. And then you end up with, oh, they're in that corner over there. They just popped. And you end up with this performance-based thing. Well, if I'm good, I'm good with God. If I'm bad, I'm bad with God. Am I in? Am I out? Do I stay in? Do I stay out? What? what? So let's just do this. I, I'm not even going to bounce around the Bible. We're going to go to King David, who had the Holy Spirit, by the way, just like we do. He was anointed and has the Holy Spirit. He's, ju he's just going to tell you who this God is, that we're who the unstoppable God, let your glory go on and on, right? Who he is, the one that we're singing, I will worship you, Lord, only you, Lord. And some of us go, who is this guy he's singing to? Who is this God? Well, I'll tell you who he is. The Lord, the one we're talking about, is my shepherd. Now, you know who was saying this? A shepherd. And he was saying, you know how I take care of these sheep with everything I have? All my time, my talent, and my treasures are invested in these sheep. I'm not over there on a computer while you, where they're out in the pasture. I'm with my sheep, Bill. First things first, this unstoppable God is my involved in my life right with me shepherd says David in the Old Testament. Now, you're thinking Old Testament, God on the mountain, right? Thou shalt not, right? Gandalf, God, <laughs> lightning on the mountain. But David says he's actually my shepherd. He walks with me day to day. I'm at work, he's there. I'm in my commute, he's there. I'm at home with my family, he's there, right? I don't just show up magically, poof, you're in church. You're in a building that they call church, so poof, I'm here. See you next Sunday, bye. He's at the door like I am. <laughs> All right. Bye, guys. No, the shepherd is ever present. And because the Lord is my shepherd, who is involved in my every life, everyday life, even whether or not I see him. Let me, let me, let me do this for a second. I got to do it. Some people don't like this. Sheep are stupid, okay? That's just the way it goes. Listen, it's so true. Do you remember when I showed you the article? Like four of you probably do, because it was like seven years ago at Stonegate. There was an article, a recent article from... I think it was Iran or something like this. I had Googled sheep or dumb. And what came up was a news article of 2009 where the shepherds, now 
not necessarily good shepherds, but shepherds nonetheless, they were eating their breakfast and they ate a little too far away from the sheep and the sheep just went, <laughs> and it was a cliff and they just went over the cliff. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, they followed each other. So many of them perished that they stopped perishing because the pile of bodies got so high they were just bouncing off each other. Bounce, bounce, and then, like, what? The article was not laughing, by the way. It was a catastrophic economic loss for these people. But how many people know that you've done that in your life too, where this might not be good for me? <sighs> All right, let me, let, me, let me get everybody in this room. Other people said this is not good for me. This relationship, this, 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 right? But we have a good shepherd. And because of that, I shall not be in want. Let me ask you something. When it comes to the things, you're going to get a lot of wisdom today out of this, because that's, that's the whole point, I think, of Psalm 23, Bill. If you're looking at this, who is it about in this? Because it's saying, okay, this is the Lord, this is who the Lord is in my life, and because of that, I will have everything I need. But you being provided for, who is it about? The shepherd, right? Okay, look at it again, guys. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Where do you factor into that at all? Because you sit there and you think to yourself, well, I'm not as good as so-and-so, or I can understand where they're able to have kids, be healthy, get that, whatever it may be, walk to life and life abundantly, says Jesus. But really, where do you fit, or fit into this? You're not even in there, are you? You're the recipient, but that's it. Because the Lord has chosen to be the shepherd, because of that, I shall not be in want. Boy, I tell you what, life, when I was going to talk about Wisdompedia, I was going to talk about how one of the big tragedies about our, not just our culture, but our world right now is we've stopped declaring things right and wrong. And where right and wrong are absent, there can be no wisdom. Because wisdom operates under the guise of right and wrong. And if you're sitting there telling me right and wrong is based on how you feel, you're done. Because now you have no right, or, there's no right or wrong. Wisdom says, I, I can't be there. You're, you, okay, so how you feel should dictate reality? We can't work there, says wisdom. I'm out. And where there's no wisdom, there's what? Foolishness. And not neutral. It's wisdom or foolishness, says the book of uh, Proverbs, which I was going to go through. But here's the truth, whether you like it or not, or whether you believe it or not. Look behind me. Because of who he is, I'm not going to be in want. And so next time you're sitting there and, you, and you're, you're wondering where this is going to come from, or that's going to come from, or how am I going to change, or this for my kids, what you do is you get your eyes off your paper, and you look at God and who he's positioned himself to be in your life. All that from one sentence. It's literally one sentence. Let's see what verse 2 has for us. <clears throat> Sometimes you don't want to lie down and stay where you need to stay or be where you need to be. That's why he uses the word make here. Can I tell you that? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still, still quiet waters. Really quickly, ready? What is the best place on the planet for a sheep? A green pasture. There's food. There's quiet waters in the next thing. And guess what else there is? Other sheep. Number one, there's huge temptation in this life. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. I agree with you, but boy, you got a better shot at doing this thing arm in arm with other believers. Okay, there we go. There we go. The best place for a sheep is green pastures with other sheep. Seriously, guys. Mary Beth, did you feel those prayers when we were praying for you? Absolutely. And I've been there too, man. We've all been there on that prayer list. And doggone it, I hate to say this, and I'm not prophesying anything, but everybody shows up on a prayer list now and again. 
It happens because in this world, there will be trouble. But fear not, I've overcome the world, says Jesus Christ. But I, good shepherd who's with you, will provide everything you need. I'm going to put you right in the green pastures. And even if you're one of those sheep that are kind of la 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 and want to run off under your own, he's going to make you lay down in green pastures. You ever been in a job too long? Yeah. <laughs> Me too, sister. You know what, though? It might not look like a green pasture. It may not smell like a green pasture. But if he's your shepherd, let me tell you a story real quick about this one right here. That's my mom. And mom wanted to go to part-time, half-time, 60%, whatever, on the way to retirement. And I remember talking to her, and it was all going well. And then one of the administrators was like, no. That's how I pictured it. You know, no. <laughs> Administration. <laughs> that goes for teachers, too, right? But anyway, so administration says no. So mom calls me, and she's a little upset. And um, we're just talking it out. And I just really felt like God spoke to me inside of me, which is my voice, but with wisdom. And uh, it said essentially this, like, yeah, I know you're disappointed in that, but is he still your shepherd? And mom's like, yeah. I said, well, then, therefore, he's still leading you. Therefore, he's still leading you where he knows is best for you. This may not have worked out the way you wanted it to work out, but he's either the good shepherd or he's not. But this new information makes me doubt that he is. Boom, there's your choice. Oh, gosh, God, God, God. You don't have to make things happen. Well, you can make the choice to stick and hold on to who he is, despite the crumbling world around you. Do you understand that? Boy, I tell you, that's the one thing about things like infertility or sicknesses that are so hard, because time and time and time again, you're tempted to let go of who he said. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the one that provides, says God. And then you're tempted to go, well, it's not looking that way. And God says, what do you trust? What I said or what you feel and what it looks like? Right? She's getting it. Good. He makes me lie down in green pastures, whether you think it's a green pasture or not, you guys. And he leads me out beside quiet waters. The reason that's important, and David wouldn't have known this really well, is because sheep are full of wool, right? What happens when wool gets wet? It sinks and gets heavy. Sheep will walk into water, and if it's raging water, they'll just get swept away and die. That's why Good Shepherd knows right where to take you for nourishment, where you will be safe. And if he's still your shepherd, he's always leading. Long story short, it all worked out for mom. She got to retire. And in fact, there have been some financial blessings along the way, haven't there, mom? Would you change it? She'd look back and go, no. <laughs> Kirk misses her. He says, all right, next one. Let's see what else we got today, Father God. We're, we're open. He restores my soul. Anybody need their soul restored now and again? And here's the thing, too. You, you think, you, maybe you thought that said spirit. It doesn't. Spirit is what goes to live with God face-to-face -face in the mezzanine, okay, in heaven, so your soul is the collection. Of, you can use the word heart there. Your soul is your collection of thoughts, memories, blah, 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 blah. Do you understand it? Your soul is essentially like, you know, your heart, your mind. Yeah, mind, soul, and heart are the same. You can interchange them. Life is going to have a way of chipping away at who you truly are. Whether it be dad said you're a loser. Whether it be that person that said you weren't worth sticking around for. Oh, what are you? I'm not going to hang in the shallow end today, people. What are you, nuts? He restores that part of you, too. And boy, uh, you know, Bruce and Brenda, sometimes we get to sit in that office, don't we? And we get to watch him do that. And this is fun. Like singing Unstoppable God is great. And I love preaching. But to sit down and watch God restore someone who they are, watch them shed the beliefs they had about themselves, addict, loser, and take on son or daughter of God. <laughs> yeah, that's where the real miracles happen, man. One, and that's what he does. Now, let me ask you something. How many times does he restore the soul? As many times as I needed, huh? When you were 12 and you're cut, when you were 15 and then at that job when you were 18 and then, 
continuously restores our soul. And he guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. This is, this is bigger. I don't want to spend too much time on this because this, I mean, we could talk about this forever. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. For those he predestined, no, no, yeah, he made it there. Those he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Can, can, you, can you gather that I'm quoting other scripture? I just don't want to keep bouncing around. What's my destiny, mama, says Forrest Gump. Y'all remember that? What's my destiny, mama? That's not bad, right? Was that okay, Petey? Was that a decent impression? Well, here's your destiny, to, be, to become like Jesus. To become the, the most like Jesus that you can possibly become. In you, in your own uniqueness, by the way. All right, I got to do it. I got to do it. Long ago, we used to ask, what would Jesus do? I don't think that's the point. I think, what would Jesus do in my life? What should I do with Christ in me? Because here's the thing, Kirk. I used to think I'm supposed to be like him, but I can't. I have a hard time relating to a carpenter slash architect. Look that up, by the way. Carpenter slash architect from 2,000 years ago. A Hebrew man. What does he know about Facebook? I mean, how can I relate to Facebook and how my wife and I shouldn't be on our phones at dinner? You know what I'm trying to say? And I realize I'm not supposed to become Jesus. I'm supposed to let him live his life through my uniqueness. Yes, people are getting me. Again, I'm gonna, I'm, look, I'm just going to fire it all out there and trust that the Holy Spirit, you take what you need, all right? <clears throat> but as we're being conformed, guys, these path of right, what is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing with God. Let's make that better. Comfort with God. My best friend's here. I'm going to keep mentioning him. He's Pete. We couldn't be more comfortable sitting next to each other. Matter of fact, you want to hear an incriminating story? Here's an incriminating story about the two of us. So usually yearly what will happen is he'll come up from Rochester, across from Rochester, whatever, and we'll go skiing, right? <laughs> well, we're both talkers. We're communicators. Which, go figure, he puts me in this job. It's a gift I have, right? So, like, he'll pick me up or he'll get in the truck, and we start talking, and the conversation doesn't end for, like, nine hours. Right, buddy? <laughs> it's just the way it is. Well, long story short... We're skiing all day. We're not good skiers. We're not going to lie to you. <laughs> if it, I wear a helmet when I ski, if that tells you anything. <laughs> it's the same one I ride the motorcycle with. I look like Darth Vader going down the slopes. I like to scare kids. Make weird voices like move. <laughs> well, anyway. So we're getting on the chairlift, as you do throughout the day. And then one day, I just had this, one time I had this piece of clarity. So there we are on a chairlift, you know, and you've got your poles and your skis, and we're squished to each other. There's an empty seat right here. <laughs> we're squished to each other like two little birds trying to stay warm. There's a whole seat right there. The reason I tell you that is how comfortable am I with my best friend that we're totally in each other's space. You ever been there with a best friend? That's what he's talking about here, too. Righteousness is comfort with God. It's not just, I'm accepted, and then you go. Some of you did that from other systems. Some of you thought righteousness meant he's not going to whip my when I come in his presence. Yes, I'm here. But what does it have to do with being called the son or daughter of God? Son or daughter of God, my children, well, this morning even, we had cuddle time in the morning. They crawl into bed and we're cuddling. That's what he's talking about right here. That's righteousness. Righteousness is there's nothing between us. Remember when I talked to you about the Hebrew word yada, be known by God? That's what we're talking about. This path of righteousness, Kirk, he's leading us to a path of comfort with him where you, would, you know you're fully accepted by him because of what Jesus did. Which again, who's that about, by the way? I'm forgiven because you were forsaken, right? I'm accepted, you were condemned. It's not about you at all. 
You're the object of his affection. I choose to place my love on you, even when you don't feel it, and when you don't act right. He guides me in the path of this being, you know, in his presence and accepted by him. And you know what? You're going to change. I love it. You know, she knew me in high school. I'm not a good dude. I've never been a good dude. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Bill's laughing. He's like, yep. (laughs) But anything that starts to look like Jesus, guess who gets the glory for that? Well, AJ's a lot more forgiving than he used to be. He's a lot more loving than he used to be. Put yourselves in there. Who gets the glory? God does. There's just something about her. You know, what has changed for his name's sake? Boom. Get it? So as you're being conformed to the best you, which is the most like Jesus, it's actually God, the one, God's the one who gets the glory. Awesome, huh? By the way, it's for his name's sake, not so that you're accepted. <sighs> Next one. I gotta stay there forever. Next one. Let's stay. Now, here's the thing about this world. I, I quoted it already. Jesus says this. He says, I made this world. I watched you break it, and I've respected your decisions to go your own way. In this world, you will have trouble. Don't, don't deny the fact that this world is broken and on fire. Your relationships are going to be hard because now you have this bent towards self. And every day you got to get over it. I'm 10 years into my marriage and I realize I'm one of the most selfish people I know when it comes to my wife. No, I'm serious. Like, how am I still there after a decade? Wouldn't I be there? Oh, I got something for you. Go up to the, uh, uh, there's a song. It, it's not an actual song and it says flesh. Let me show you something. This is awesome. This is going to help somebody. Uh, because, because I did it so that you could do it. It has the word flesh, and I want to show you how you can recognize this. So walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We're talking about how, how life can be hard. You're born with a nature of sin inside of you, with, with something inside of you that wars against the process of being conformed to the image of Christ, okay? And so what I, what I want to do is I took the word flesh, F-L-E-S-H, okay? Can you picture it? Well, Brian's looking for it, but I gave him like 100 slides. If you reverse the word flesh, you got it? No? Okay. If you reverse the word flesh, I can't do this. You ever seen those kids that can do every word backwards? Have you seen that TV show? What in the world? I can't even do flesh backwards. H, B, Niner. <laughs> like, did you throw a nine in there? <laughs> um, anyway, so flesh is F-L-E-S-H. You want to know how you're bent? Ready? Switch it around. It's spelled, if you drop the H on the end and reverse it, you know what it says? I know I'm trying. It says self. Picture it. Here we go. He found it. Flesh. Now, do the next verse, as it were, in the thing. It'll show you. Drop the H. It's a self. You're bent towards self. I want. I feel. Do you understand? What about me, says your flesh? That's what we're dealing with. Self. I'd feel better if I had this. Smoke that, drink that, eat this, whatever it may be. That's what's inside of you. And that war is going to keep going. Apostle Paul says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, darn it, I find myself doing them over and over again, right? Don't deny the fact that you got a war inside of you. Jordan Peterson is one of my favorite uh, speakers right now. Uh, we're not really sure where his faith is at, but wisdom is wisdom. Wisdom is Jesus, in fact. He'll talk about this. Don't deny the fact that you have darkness inside of you. Don't do that. I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm one step away from being like a murderer. Cross me the wrong way, I got a bad temper and I got guns. You know what I'm saying? That's just two plus two. But you know what? I'm not going to do what? <laughs> guys, stay with me. What? What, what? what do I put on a show up here? I'm not. I don't even think I'm a good guy without God. But by acknowledging I have darkness inside of me, then it becomes my responsibility to do what? To tame that. Do you understand? When you acknowledge your weaknesses, your failures, your flesh, 
is when God can start using them. But if you sit there and go, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, then you're not reaching out for help. Do you understand what I'm saying? Again, just shooting wisdom out there. Take what you want. Let's go back to, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, there's an important word in here. I remember one of the first times I spoke in this building three years ago, I said something. And I, I, I don't want to say what I, because I'm just a dude. What do I know? To me, the most important word in that entire thing right there, that first sentence, is the word shadow. Because even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, which is a very real place, by the way. Mom worked in CCU. She saw it pretty much every day. I've buried so many family members, I'm familiar with the shadow of death, I could tell you. The word I'm looking for right there that I, I just give all glory to God about is the word shadow, because guess what? It's not real anymore. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? Sin defeated, Jesus is overcome. I'm quoting these songs. So when we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, you have a promise, Brian. Whatever day that may be, God bless it, I hope it's 50 years from now, okay? But in 50 years, when your time comes and the Lord calls you home or demands your life, it says in the Gospels, it'll be the shadow of death that won't be real. For the believer, for the believer, Jesus has overcome that. Who's that about? That's about God. Psalm 23 is just going to magnify God and put you where you need to be, which is the recipient of his love. I'll fear no evil because, you know, again, the shepherd is present. The shepherd is, you're with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, Walt told me about this years ago. I thought the rod and staff, the staff, of course, is the hooked end here. And I thought the rod was the other end. I was wrong. Because um, Walt watched a, uh, a special about it. The rod was actually a separate instrument. It was a tiny stick that was weighted where they'd learn to throw it at really high speeds. And it would, like, in other words, like a wolf or, or mountain lion or bobcat would come out and they'd have deadly precision and kill it with the rod. Isn't that awesome? Maybe you're not convinced. I want my God to have a rod to protect my children in this world today. Oh, have a sword, have nunchucks, have chainsaws, God. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> Big old guns, do, 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 whatever you got to do, right? In David's language, what he's saying is this. He's good. He's a good, good father. It's who he is and who we are is loved by him. But oh, don't mess with him. Don't flex with our God. Because you come against the child, better for you to tie a millstone around your neck and jump into the ocean than mess with one of our kids, says God. Yeah, I can get behind that. His rod and staff comfort me. They absolutely comfort me. As you're staring down the barrel of 2018 and whatever's beyond, God has everything you need to take care of you and protect you. Because the world is. It's a broken world. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and staff comfort me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never actually put those two together, Bruce. Because of the stuff in the middle. I never really put those together. He sets the scene. We're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and then talks about the weapons he has to keep you safe. That's neat. I never put those together because the stuff in the center. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. That's a choice, by the way. You know what the evil mostly does to you that the enemy tries to do? Uh, go back and listen to Temptation. Feel free to NordFMC.com. We have hundreds of messages for free. Feel free to listen to them because I, I talked about the temptation of us. So the devil, who's real, he's a fallen cherub named Lucifer. And we called him Satan. Okay, that's real. It's not Hollywood. It's not Chucky or some stupid movie. This is a real spiritual enemy. So he comes to Jesus and teaches us how he's going to tempt you. And the first thing he says is this. If you're really the son of God, he says to Shane, right? He says the same thing to you guys. What does he say? If you're really beloved of God, if you're really saved, if you really, and he might say things like this, then you wouldn't keep doing this, right? 
If you were really saved, then you wouldn't feel this way, that way, trying to get you, stick with me, trying to get you to doubt who you are. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? That's it. I'll fear no evil. It's a choice because the enemy's going to try to get you to doubt who you are. Isn't that a big, isn't that a big deal? Shaner, Shaner's a, a policeman. Um, Shaner, so therefore, Shaner wears a badge, and he wears stuff that represents something greater than him. Do you understand that? If Shaner wants to stop traffic, let's say, or stop a person, he doesn't have to hold up his badge necessarily, but when you see a police officer, here's what you realize. I'm not stopping for Shane. I'm stopping for the authority Shane represents, right? We could have a car full of dudes. And no offense to the police officer, but I mean, you know, you ain't going to stop us if you don't want us. But we don't want the whole heat of New York State upon us, right? He represents something higher. You think Shaner, okay, I'm sure there's, again, okay, faith is not a lack of fear. It's pushing through it and all that sort of stuff. But Shane walks in knowing he's got that authority, doesn't he? What do you mean? Well, you know, what are you doing taking us down, bro? I have the right to do this. I have the power to do this. Now turn around and put the cuffs on, right? Exactly what we're talking about here. I will choose to fear no evil, even though I'm walking in the valley of the shadow of death, because I represent this other. I represent the one who said, let light be. I represent the one who even the enemy needs to ask permission to our God to do anything on this planet. Do you understand that? Go read Job 1, where the... Where <laughs> the enemy's kicked out of heaven, but he has to report back. Do you understand that? And God says, you can do this, but you can't do that. You can do this, but you can't do that. So making the choice, I will fear no evil because I understand whose I am. Cool? I, see, I could do this for hours. Let's keep going. See if we'll get through it today. I don't even know. I don't want to keep you all day. Oh, this is a big one. I want to tell you about the guy who, uh, I want to tell you about the guy who we just prayed for, Sean Lorch, okay? Uh, my brother lives in Pennsylvania, and he had a really good friend named Sean, and Sean died yesterday. Um, and the first thing I thought was, I know Sean had battled drug addiction for years. Um, he was a dad. He'd become a dad not long ago. Um, but he was 10 months sober, and he was doing really well. And um, I don't know anything much more about Sean, but I'll tell you this, a few years ago, when he was really, really low, God prompted me to message him. Now, I don't know the guy very well at all. I may have met him once, and it was years and years and years ago. And I prompt, God prompted me, and sometimes he'll do that in your life, by the way. Because you know sometimes you're God's hands and feet? It was true. And if you, right? Well, he prompted me to actually share the gospel with him through that. And I said right at the end of it, I said, you don't need to respond, dude. Just take this with you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus loves you, and all you have to do is blah, blah, blah. So he knows the gospel. What he did with that, I don't know. But here's the first thought I had when I saw that Sean had died on Facebook, which Facebook is weird now because people can die and they still have a Facebook page. It's kind of weird, huh? Like, are you really, you know what I mean? You don't, sorry, that's morbid. I have gallows humor, like I said last week. Anyway, first thing I remember about Sean, when I heard he passed, guess what the first thought is, right? Oh, no, he probably OD'd. Don't we do that, though? He has a history of, and I said, no, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So I did some digging, and his sister saying there was nothing in his, in his system in the preliminary autopsy. So we don't actually know. But here's what I think about when I think about someone like my friend Sean, rest in peace, is this. David just said this. You, good shepherd, you're going to prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In order to understand that, let's time out for a second. Do you remember when Jesus is walking along? And the little guy named Zacchaeus climbs a tree to see Jesus, right? Jesus says this, what? Get down, bro, from the tree. We're going to eat together, right? And do you remember what the people around him did? 
They lost their minds. <gasps> oh my God, you eat with tax collectors and sinners. <laughs> right? What? Who do you care who goes to McDonald's with, man? What's, what's the big deal? <laughs> Terry. I got Terry. I never get Terry. He laughed. Um, in that culture, it wasn't just... If you, if you had a meal with someone, it was intermingling your reputations. The person who was hosting promised uh, hospitality. They promised protection and provision. So if Kirk and I had a meal together, you guys all saw that Kirk and I are one, one of one accord. From now on, you don't come to, to me and talk bad about Kirk and vice versa. We are now of one accord. Okay, look again. You prepare a table before me to eat with me and become of one, of, one accord in the presence of those people who hate me. Hold on. Let's try that again. In the presence of the people who don't think I'm worth you, Jesus. Yeah. They, they saw that I was addicted. They saw that I was angry. They saw that I was fired. Whatever it may be. Jesus, you prepare a table before me in the presence of people who don't think I'm worth your love. <sighs> Bruce goes into the prisons and uh, with a prison ministry to tell them exactly that. To tell them exactly that. The rest of the world will tell you you're not worth it. And we don't understand God's mercy and grace. We're not even okay with it all the time for other people. But this tells us that it's none of your business is what it tells us. You remember that other parable Jesus tells? When he pays uh, you know, a certain amount, pays a dollar to the people that work in this and a dollar to people that work from noon on and then a dollar for people that work for an hour. And they all come to him and they're like, oh, we, we all work different hours. And he's like, too bad. I can do what I want with my money. Boom. And then you realize, ready? It's not about you or what you think or your opinion. God gets to love his kids and you have no say in it. And I under, now listen, some of this can get real dark. I understand there's certain crimes against people and children and things like this that I don't necessarily want to see some dude eating with my Jesus. But I don't get to talk into that. I don't get to, I can't sit there and say, make a table for me, God, but not him. I don't get to do that. That's the enemy. Does he, do you follow me on that one? Yes. Be careful this week. No matter what you see on the news, okay, constantly piping negativity into your ear holes, but just be careful next that you don't sit there and go, heaven forbid that person sits with the Lord or that person. I don't want to be one that God makes me watch eat with other people. I want to be the person that's rejoicing with every single person. And that's hard, but you know what? Walk it out. Be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. You know what my head with oil? Guys, you give me purpose. So many of us feel purposeless. And can I tell you something without Christ Jesus? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you were suspicious? Yeah, you're right. If you're going to live your life without Jesus... Oh, hold on, let me... People online. If you're going to live your life your own way without Christ Jesus, you absolutely have no purpose. What's your purpose? Accrue wealth and die? Do it. Accrue wealth, give it to people and die? You'll sense it. You'll sense the same thing. Uh, what's his name? Come on, guys. Apple founder. He, yeah. He, didn't he pass? You ever, you, ever, you ever read any of his last quotes? Or how about Jim Carrey who says, it's a heck of a thing when you get everything you want and you realize it won't fulfill you. It's a quote. Multi-million, he has everything he wants. I mean, he's dated really beautiful women. He, you know, he's got his freedom. He's got money. He can do anything he wants. And he says, wow, it never filled. Yeah, yeah. You can do that though. Anybody listening to my, I'm not your dad, man. Go. Live a life without purpose. Fine. Get wealth, raise kids, and die. I don't know. But God's saying, there's another option. This shepherd who walks with me and does all these things also gives me purpose. Man, you can be part of something eternal. Even just sitting here, or you people, if you're even taking five minutes to read this, do you understand that we're touching the eternal right now because we're talking about the eternal one? 
there's other places we could be. I got to finish cutting my grass. And in the fall, the Packers play and never want to be here past one, right? Only when Aaron's playing. <laughs> I'll hang out on this, guys. My son is wearing an Aaron Rodgers jersey right now in the back. I'll call him, make you all wait. <laughs> but the reason we don't just sit there and, and, and you know ride our motorcycles or whatever it is on Sunday mornings is because being able to touch the eternal is where I get my purpose from. So here's the thing. I'm looking around. I'm seeing a lot of parents or soon-to-be parents. Feed your children spiritually. Show them their purpose. And in fact... It says, if you train a child up in the way that they should go, when they're older, they won't depart from it, right? That's a proverb I was going to show you, but I'm not. But you know what the word the way is? It says, when you train a child up in the way they should go, it actually talks about giftings, talents, and, 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 and not just God's destiny, but the things inside of them that you need to unlock. And can I tell you something? Prayer and wisdom are the only keys that will unlock your children's potential. And it will keep those things from coming off of them, keeping their souls being restored. Billy called me an idiot. Guess what? Come here. You're wonderfully and fearfully made. Boom. Purpose, destiny, purpose, destiny, right? Get them somewhere spiritually. You're going to feed their minds by sending them to school or school them at home, right? You're going to give them food for their body. Don't neglect their spirits, guys. Don't do that. Don't. Get them in the presence of Jesus Christ. They have a destiny just as much as you do. And we all do. My cup overflows. We'll always have. Is that it? No. No, no, this is the best part. Not the best part, but... Oh, man. You know, words are never minced in the Bible, guys. Surely, goodness and mercy. Because, what did I say a couple weeks ago? If you're standing face-to-face -face with Christ Jesus, what are you going to hand him for needs? And I'm not saying don't hand him needs. Always hand him needs. But, Bill, if you and I are walking and all of a sudden... Okay, so Bill and I do a lot of projects around the house. If all of a sudden Yeshua shows up, I don't think we're going to have a lot of demands on him. I think we're going to do this. Just stay with us. Because if you're with us, I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. And if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Did we sing that? Did we? I don't know if we did. It stuck in my head. It's a great portrayal of this. If Christ is right with you, your good shepherd's with you, what are you really, really going to need? And also, if he's with me, then your doggone right goodness and love are going to follow me all the days of my life. It's, a, it's an obvious fact, right? Right, Mary Beth? Does that make sense? You wonder why they put words like that. and like, duh, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And you have a promise here. I will. I might. Oh, guys. Last thing I'm going to say because we're done. We're done. Glad I promise. I promise. Is this. Woe unto any churches that make you think that you have to doubt your salvation. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Whoa, what, run out of any churches that make you think your salvation is good on a Monday, bad on a Tuesday. The power in your life to shine God's destiny comes out of the fact that you are beloved and you are adopted. And he doesn't bring his kids back to the orphanage because then he couldn't call himself faithful. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to slam this microphone down one of these days, Pete. And it's a nice microphone. John 1 says this, for those who believe, you know, believe on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And again, you know, he doesn't kick kids out. Therefore, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Who gets to come into my house? I said it last week. My kids. They get to go and they get to come out. And some days they do dumb things. Can I tell you that? Some days they hurt each other. <gasps> Ooh. Anybody ever been hurt in church or by... <laughs> Yeah, that happens. God's kid hurt me. <laughs> yes, of course, because he's a kid. He's got, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Some people sit there and they'll stay away from God because of what his kids do. 
well, yeah, I get it. Betty, there's her name, I guess, metaphorical person. Betty comes to Christ, and, she, and, and Jesus starts working on every area of her life, and it works that way. It's a process. But you know what? She still hasn't really tamed that anger problem. But then Betty lashes out at you and wounds you. And you look at God and say, God! And God's like, what? We're working on this. Hello. Don't walk away from God because his children are a mess. What do I always say? What do we say on the sign? This church right here, Norwood Free Methodist Church, is full of hypocrites in recovery. Boom, exactly. We don't put on any pretenses. We don't pretend to be what we're not. But we do have these promises. And if I can sing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, that I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see, guess what? Then I'm going to use those eyes, and I'm going to use that freedom he gave me to go serve God and serve other people. But if I'm having to work for my salvation every day and work for love, I got no energy left to love you my gosh, this might be the day. I might just throw that right to the ground. So this is it, man. Psalm 23. <clears throat> the takeaways, you guys, you guys have the takeaways. If there was a part of what I said today that's something inside of you, I don't want to say pulled back, but didn't, wasn't able to fully embrace, what I would say is this. Here's homework for this week. You know where to find this. It's right in the center of the Bible. Look it over. Just look it over. And if there's something in there and you're going, I just don't, I don't relate to that. The, the full acceptance from you, the table before the in presence of my enemies, God, I don't, this is what you do. It's a one-to-one. -one. It's just you and me here now. And you say, Father, will you show me that in my life? I don't feel that. I need to feel that. Do you understand what I'm saying? You get with God this week. You walk through and you make sure you're able to say, the Lord is my shepherd, and because of that, etc., etc., etc. Okay, let's sing a song about our God and worship together. Hang out with us online, folks. We uh, we paid for the license, so you can hear the uh, the audio. But this is why we worship, because God has chosen to be our shepherd. Water you turned into wine. You opened the eyes of the blind. There's no one like you. There's not a There's no one like you There's no one like you Our God is greater Our God is stronger God, you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God Our God And into the darkness you shine There's no one like you There's not like you Cause our God is greater Our God is stronger God you are higher than any other Our God is healer Awesome in power Our God Our God And if our God is for us could stand against and if our God is for us then who could ever stop us and if our God is with us then what could stand against
God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. Wanna do one more song? How about we sing about his love for us that shows that he is our shepherd? As he is jealous for me, he loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. Then all of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us all. Oh, how he loves us. How he sin today guys this is an area of struggle for you just close your eyes and just let it wash over you he wants to break through today Yeah, he loves 
knocking on the door of our hearts with your love that wants to overwhelm us, wants to surprise us, it wants to overcome us so that we can stop looking looking the way we do in the mirror, Father God, and seeing who you think we see. In other words, Father, we, we just see all the things that we we failed, we, all the ways that we fall short, all the things that we're not, Father. Give us your eyes, Lord Jesus. How could you love us like a hurricane blasting against a tree until we bend? But I want to thank you that each and every life has been drawn here to this place right now to hear about your unending love and your amazing grace. Today, Father, help us to just let go. It's not about who we are, it's about who you are. You could have called yourself anything, but you told us to call you Dad. So today, Father God, we want to take that step. We want to fully just let go and fall into your loving arms, Lord. It's hard, Father God, it's hard. We've put up walls, we're calloused. We've been told that we're not worth it. We've been told, some of us, that, you know, men can't show emotion. We can't be that way. But we're tired of that, Father God. We're tired of the treadmill that we've been running on. Help us to receive your love today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a good shepherd. This week, Father, help us to identify areas where we're not walking in your love, your acceptance your power. We ask that for our children, Lord. Father, may they be different than us. May they not grow with those walls up, Father. May they grow knowing your love and acceptance and power every step of the way. May they become world changers, our children and grandchildren, blessed and given, uh, propelled by the power of your love, like dynamite underneath their feet, Father. So we do love you, Father God. We worship you. Manifest yourself in our lives and our week. May this be a moment we never forget, Father, where our souls and our spirits are eternally changed by your love. Let's sing how he loves. We're going to sing he loves me. Yeah, he loves me. Everybody, have a great week.